Shalom and welcome again to Seekers of Meaning, the podcast and TV arm of Jewish Sacred Aging. I'm your host, Rabbi Richard Address, and we appreciate your time and your support and joining us on today's, uh, what I'm sure will be a very, very interesting and enlightening conversation. Uh, as you know, these podcasts are designed to talk a little bit about the impact of the revolution and longevity on our families, ourselves, and our communities. If you'd like to contact us with any ideas or suggestions, just email me rabbi address at jewishsacredaging.com. And we appreciate your support for the ongoing uh, work of Jewish Sacred Aging and these podcasts. And if you'd like to make a tax-free donation to help support this work, go to the website, jewishsacredaging.com. Go to the donate button, click on it, and just follow the very, very simple prompts. Amy Siegel is our guest uh, on today's edition of Seekers of Meaning. Uh, Amy is the director, the CEO of Advocare Care Management based in uh, South Florida. And welcome back because it's been a couple of years, if I remember correctly, Amy, since uh, we had a conversation. So much has changed. First of all, um, welcome back to the to the podcast. I hope you're well. I hope your family's well. Everybody's healthy in beautiful South Florida. Thank you, Rabbi. Nice to see you. Okay, we're going to be formal. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, Avacare Care Management, and we want to talk about a lot about what care management is um, and, and, and what Avacare does and how it does it and the implications for a lot of our families. But because of the pandemic, I, I really want to start off by asking you, what, what has been the impact of the pandemic on the work that Avacare does? Okay, well, first of all, down here in South Florida, we service Miami, Fort Lauderdale, all of Broward County, and Palm Beach County. Um, most of our clients are uh, seniors, people that are over the age of 65, healthy or not. Um, and we also have clientele that are younger, chronically uh, disabled or chronically ill people that are, are younger than 65. And so the most difficult thing that we encountered during the pandemic was the access to providers and services um, and keeping people um, healthy, as healthy as we could and out of harm's way. And also, um, uh, you know, the, 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 one of the largest challenges that everybody in the world experienced was the isolation, you know, all the, um, all the people that were not able to go out, not able to interact. So aside from all the medical issues and the access to care, we also had a lot, as everybody else did in the world, to deal with people that were suffering emotionally, mentally, um, and functionally, um, because not every senior was able to access the internet, access you know um, services, communicate, as we're doing right now on a Zoom, no, um, no. so it, it was it was very very challenging, and it, it took uh, you know it took what we do to a whole nother level. So I would imagine uh, for a large swath of the pandemic, you were not allowed to send people into somebody's home. Well, that's actually very correct. Um, when the pandemic first started. Uh, we still, one of the things that we, we do very well is we organize people's medications and we assist with, um, or, you know, selecting the, the proper medications for them to take each week. 
and set, set they, setting that out in uh, pill organizers and medication system management. And one of the things, you know, we had to do was figure out a way to visit our clients. We did this a lot in their homes because we do service people that are at home. And we had to do, we, we, they could not be without their medication, especially since we're trying to keep people out of the hospital. And um, we had to become very creative in everything that we did. So we were testing continuously. We were wearing all the protective equipments, um, such as, you know, in the early stages, we were gloving up, masking up um, gowns. Um, going to people's patios, front doors, um, people were passing their pillboxes through their mail slots. We were observing oh, wow. people through windows. You know, it's, it's up to us to make sure if, you know, your parent is in another state and they are alone and you cannot get to them via video and you are talking to them over the phone, but m many seniors could not describe, you know, how they were physically and the kids were worried. So it was our job to figure out how we could actually see them, even if we couldn't touch them. We still had to figure out how to see them and ensure that they were okay, not just for their families, but for ourselves as, as, as medical professionals. And so we did some very, very creative and solution-oriented um, tactics to taking care of people. I mean, we, we had people, you know, passing their arm out through a window so we could take their blood pressure. Uh, it's amazing no, no, no. what you come up with when you have to, um, and we did. We did, and I'm super proud of the staff that I work with. Well, I know that you, that the because I've referred people to you, the uh, one of the key things that you do is take care of people, for example, up here in the Northeast uh, or anywhere, and who have a loved one, a parent, or somebody down down there in in the on in that swath in South Florida. And you'll you'll visit them, you'll you and you communicate back and forth to the, to uh, a lot of times the adult children. That's one of the key the key things that really Avocare uh, does, uh -huh. and especially with the the Northeast and South Florida um, connection. Talk to me about if if somebody may be listening to this now or watching this now, and they they have a parent and they are concerned, but they can't they can't get regularly back and forth to Boco or West Palm Beach and they right. want to connect yeah. with you what 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 can you what would you tell them this is what we can do for you absolutely so we um we've been doing this for over 23 years now we have nurses and social workers and gerontologists and catastrophic um you know uh professionals that are know exactly how to assess these situations and what we do for families we like to say our client is the person that's here locally with us in in dave broward of palm beach county but it's also the family member like you said rabbi out of town so we have to service both both of those people's needs because you know the sons and daughters and the nieces and the nephews and the grand the, the only living grandchild um has to be able to function in their world without worrying extensively about whoever's down here that they're so-called responsible for. So we do visit our clients. We first we assess the, the situation because sometimes the what a younger family member might think is a real issue is an issue, but it's not the priority um, to the person that we're actually going to be working with. So. We have to understand the whole situation and we have to um, understand who our client is and what their needs are. And then we have to understand 
the worries and the concerns of the, uh, you know, the relative out of town. And then after we do all that, we set up a care plan where we, you know, prioritize the issues because we want to keep them healthy physically. We want to keep them emotionally stable. We want to keep them involved and active. We want to keep them physically fit, nutritionally sound. So there's a whole list of, of areas that we focus in on. And we speak to all those in our care plan. And then we start our work from that place. Most of the time when we start, when we get, when we, uh, email the care plan to the family and start to go over it with them, they just take a big sigh. They take a big sigh of relief and they say, thank God you all are down there in South Florida to handle some of these things. It might mean they haven't been to the neurologist in three years, especially during the pandemic. Now we're going to make sure we, we go, we get that appointment, we schedule that appointment. We bring all the data that the doctor has not had for the last couple of years. We might even compile the doctor from the other doctors that this client sees. And we go with our client. We call ourselves, you know, the nurse accompaniment or the social worker uh, accompaniment, depending on what the, the doctor is and what the specialty is. And we're going to make sure that that appointment is super effective that we gain a whole lot for the client out of that appointment. We now understand treatment procedures or treatment plans and where the doctor thinks the next step has to occur. We communicate that all with the family, with the client's permission. We always consider our clients and who they are. And we have some very um, intelligent, smart clients that just because they're older, that doesn't mean that they're still not in control of their life and their and their personal information. So they tell us what they would like. Um, and we respect that. And, um, and our, our goal is to then, you know, start having a sense of calm and a sense of uh, quality of life. It might mean that once one person in the family, once if we're seeing a couple, maybe one spouse wants to move, the other spouse wants to live in the home longer. So we, we our social workers and life care planning um, team helps figure out plans for senior living and how can that fit into their life and what's going to, how can we match the resources with the care needs? So all that. Yeah, that, 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 no, no, that, that last point is really, really crucial because, you know, as you know, and as we've talked until sometimes a crisis occurs, people really don't want to deal with it. I'll deal with it when I have to deal with it. And all of a sudden the phone call comes at 11 o'clock at night and, Bang, you have to deal with it. That's right. So does Avicare help, let's say, I'll, I'll personalize it. If I have my dad or my mom down in, in, in West Palm, and it's obviously they have to move into a facility. So the two parts. One, do you then help uh, uh, um, uh, psych out which the correct facility, assisted living, CCRC, et cetera, et cetera? And if that's not possible... Do you assist then working with the family up north in what is called reverse migration and moving them back? Do you, is that part of the services that you offer? Yes, we do all of that. Our life care planning team, um, which are compri comprised of social workers, gerontologists, certified care managers, uh, they specialize in all those important transitions. And, and we talked about when we met the, the word transitions. For us, a transition right. can mean transitioning from a small home, single family home that has maybe two levels to a 
a one-level home because the, the the clients want to still own their own home and they like their country club community, but their that house isn't right. Um, or it might be that they really are ready uh, to go to a more of a social assisted living where their needs can be met, but they need a little bit more care needs. Or they might go to an independent living uh, continuous com- care community where it's they're living in a beautiful apartment overlooking a, a beautiful scenic view. But they have socialization. They have their activities. Everything is planned for them. During hurricanes, they don't have to worry anymore about supplies. And during pandemics, they don't have to worry. The doctors come in there. So many people also during the coronavirus realize that, okay, maybe maybe it's time for us to make a move before we age too much more and we get into more of a senior community. And so we do help with that. Our team um, does that all the time. Care managers, um, customarily in the past, before there were anybody else helping seniors move, certified care managers did this work. And we do it from a place of knowledge, not from just one person calling up on the telephone saying, hi, my mom would like to move. Give us the names of three places you love. We actually do it very differently. We, we, we know who our clients are. We know their likes, their dislikes. We know some places have pickleball, some places have bridge, some places have more men, some places have more veterans. We want to make sure that when our client goes to a community, that they're going to be there and happy there for as long as possible. And we, one thing we do not want when we move somebody is to ever have to move them again. We want them to be able to have a, you know, a, a place to go and, and, and not have to worry about relocating again. And so the answer, the other part of your, your question was, do we help with all that? Yes, we help with matching what a client can afford and, and you know, are there any resources, long-term care or government spending or any policies that they have that might assist with that? We're going to take that into full consideration because that's important. Do we need to apply to anything? Do we have to get them to elder law attorneys to make sure that everything can kind of fit? Then we have to go to the doctors and get a lot of the communities will give them a certain stipend for the long-term care, but it has to be, especially the communities that are providing some kind of care, it has to be signed off by a doctor. We're going to get all that handled and we're going to facilitate the move. We're even going to go with them the day of. Our team is fantastic uh, at setting up. We set, we love to do this. Um, Some of our staff is great at setting up an apartment in a senior living community very similar to the apartment that they have currently so that they're used to where everything is. And we, we try to, you know, set that up in such a way that it makes it easy to navigate. If you know, you're, if you've been living in an apartment or, or bedroom for 30 years and you can set up your new bedroom like that, it's just going to help that person settle in so much. So we, we love doing that. We do move people from state to state. You asked about do we move people from, you know, Florida to New Jersey all the time? There's nothing like family members being close together. Um, it's just, it all depends on what each family, you know, wants. But yes, we cooperate with a lot of communities um, in a, in a you know, in a familiar way where we call them, they know us, we talk to them. And if we don't know a community or a place, we will be referring to a care manager in somebody that does what we do here at AdvoCare in that in that community. So, Amy, and again, we're talking with Amy Siegel, the CEO of AdvoCare Care Management, based upon South, based in South Florida. 
You mentioned certified. They're specific. And I remember we talked about this several years ago, but I think it's so really, really important because I've dealt with families um, and I've channeled something that we talked about literally three, four years ago and asked when you when you interview somebody to walk into the home or a, a company up here, let's for example, who does what you do, mm-hmm. uh, did you, do you talk about how certified they are? They trained. Mm-hmm. Talk to me a little bit because there is certification and training and professionalization. It's not just somebody who comes in and says, well, I need a job. I, w- I want to do something there. There is um, this. You mentioned the word certification. Talk to me a little bit about that. Cause I think that's really, really important. Okay, so yeah, thank you for bringing that up. We, we at Advocare um, feel very strongly about credentials and certification because these are our loved ones. This is our family, okay? And just like people seek out the expertise of physicians, um, that, that is super important. You know, you want to go to the doctor that can specialize in what you're dealing with or the, the, the problem that you have or help you diagnose the problem. In the, in the area of care management and in the area of home care and in anything related to taking care of someone, um, we feel very strongly about the certification. So the care manager, um, there's a lot of people um, that will call themselves, especially in South Florida, there's a lot of people that call themselves life coaches and care coaches and um, care consultants. And all that is great, but I like to focus on the professionalism of the staff that we have. So if I'm going to hire, if I'm, if I'm going to leave the country for six months, just as an example, we have families that travel and um, my parents are in their 80s and they have health issues. I would like to know that the nurse care manager that I have hired to go with them to the doctors, uh, fill their pill box, talk to their physicians, Go to the ER at 12.30 mid, you know, after uh, on a Friday or Saturday night, 12.30 a.m. If there's something not right, I would want that person to be licensed in their designation, such as a nurse, an, an RN. Um, I would also want that person to be certified as a, a care manager. Um, we have through um, a, a, the, used to be called the geriatric, the professional geriatric care management organization. Now it's called the Aging Life Care Association. We are credentialed through that and there are strict standards and classes that we have to upkeep and continuing education to be able to consult with families. So that's super important to us. Our social workers have their credentials there. They have to maintain their social work credential and their continuing education. And then many of them are also certified through our Aging Life Care Association or our um, CCM, which is a certified case manager. I have several behind me on my wall. There's the certified case manager. There's um, uh, So there are organizations and anybody that is looking to hire a care manager should ins- make sure that, that that person is certified in one to three of these organizations and for sure in their specific um criteria of their profession, whether it be nursing or social work. Then on the home care side, um, we're affiliated with home care organizations that are all um, licensed and bonded, insured registries and agencies. Um, we are part of a larger agency now that is very, very, uh, called the key, that is very, very um, specific about having all of their 
nurses, aides, and home care professionals um, become employees, and they all are trained and uh, given a lot of education on how to treat and take care of specific clients, whether it be dementia or orthopedics. And um, it's, it's, it's very, very important to us to be working amongst people that understand how to care for people in a very professional way. No, thank you. Because I think it's really, really important because we've all heard horror stories about people in, in a crisis. They, they just, you know, talk to their best friend. And, oh, we use this person and they come, they don't come. They, it happens so all the time. The, the professionalism, I think, because as you said, this is somebody we care about and love. Uh, you know, that's very important. I, I imagine that you get involved, as you talked about, with the whole family dynamics in a variety of different ways. Um, from the look on your face, you probably, you're telling me you do. Yeah. But, I, you know, there was, um, there was an article in, in one of the, I think it was in the Times, the early part of the year, about isolation and estrangement. I think it said that 27% of Americans right now are dealing in their family with some sense of estrangement. It's almost a third. How do you, how do you, I'm sure you have dealt with competing ch adult children who may have differences of opinion or may be even estranged from their mother or father, but yet you'll get a call and they're not even, or haven't talked in, in, in years. So walk me through that. Cause I imagine it would be very, very challenging. Wow. That that's, that's a very challenging and true to life circumstance. Um, so as we talked about, Every family that we, we know, that you know, that I know, that we've all worked with, pretty much every family has some kind of a challenge um, within the, their family system. Well, what it might, some might be lighter than others. Um, there might be periods of harmony, and, and, but, but it, it would be unrealistic if you want to work with families, if you are working with families and you're dealing with, with care of people. You, 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 you cannot evade dealing with family dynamics or family crisis or family discord. Um, and the, what we have learned, how what we have learned over the years is the most important thing we can do as um, care managers and professionals that are working with, like I said before, the, the client and also the family, right? The, 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 the most important thing that we can do is focus on what the needs are of the person that we're working with. So we, we can listen to everybody's feelings. We have to be really good listeners. Um, just because somebody hasn't talked to their parent in two years because of an argument over a wedding or a, or a mitzvah or a christening or something that occurred, usually it occur, usually these family arguments occur over some family event way before the coronavirus. Um, and things right. kind of got worse. And then during the coronavirus, people didn't talk or visit as much. And so, yes, um, there's going to be those issues. And what we have to do is listen to the family member that's calling us, because I have had people call up here and want to get help for their parent who they have not talked to, who they're angry with, or they're, they're either angry with their parent or their parent is angry with them. But that doesn't mean they don't care for them. They does, they don't, that doesn't mean they don't still love them. And that doesn't mean that they still don't want to do the right thing by them. So what we try really, all of our team tries really hard to do is stay focused on the person's needs 
and what needs to happen to keep that person healthy and out of trouble. And um, we try to be respectful to the family situation. We don't pose as counselors or uh, we don't start, you know, offering um, psychological counseling to other family members that are, you know, we, we do recommend there are support systems that people can go to. And we, we do suggest that people tap into those to keep themselves strong and healthy. But right now, our, our goal is to listen, understand what the issues are, and focus in on how to help that person. If there's family members that don't agree on a care plan for somebody, and I think that's what you were alluding to, then we do try to um, have everybody understand why one person or another is moving towards a decision. Um, and we try to help them understand each other's positions because it does relate to the care of a parent, um, such as a move, um, end of life, you know, discussions on end of life. Those are always very difficult, even for a child who, who hasn't gotten along with a parent. So we do refer them back to people like yourself, Rabbi, and um, other people that can help with the those um, very big issues. But we, we focus on establishing what the client has stated they want for their life and themselves. And if we meet a client and they're young and they're, they're just beginning their work with us, whether they're 50, 60 or 95, and they have not set out, you know, um, what their wishes are pretty much early in the process. We're going to see if we can get them to discuss with us what they want their quality of life to, to look like now and in the near future. So that's how we can be a really big help to those kind of families that are dealing with. What what advice would you give to, because the what we call in, in the Jewish sacred aging work, we do the economics of aging is, is overwhelming to some people. Do you help um, navigate a family through the co- the different levels of costs that, that could, they could encumber? Because it, as you know, it, it can be Absolutely. extremely costly. Absolutely. And, and this service is just like, you know, any other service and any other healthcare scenario. The earlier you start thinking about these things, the earlier you start weighing in on a diagnosis. Of course, in this situation, it's not really a diagnosis. But to me, aging is not a negative diagnosis. It's a stage that people need to start looking at earlier and not waiting till they're well into it and things are so far gone. So just like anything else, we, we want to start working with people on planning. So we have a lot of health. We have a lot of healthy. I have people that bike ride and, um, you know, are, you know, professors and um, fabulously smart, intelligent people that know they want to do things ahead of time. They want to be proactive because they've seen friends, they've seen other relatives or that that didn't that waited too long. So yes, we start having those conversations. The best the best way we can help people is if we meet them early, we get to know them, we get to talk to them. We don't have to overwork with any family unless it's needed. So that's the beauty of getting to know people. Sometimes it's just working out a life care planning, you know, making sure do you have your vital documents in order? Um, you know, when you travel, are you, you know, are you leaving have you you know, make sure that everything's left so that you're, you know, we, we understand what would, what would need to happen. Um, you know, if, if things change and you're, if something changed suddenly, um, we understand, you know, we, we help people figure out 
plans for each thing. Sometimes they, they just didn't even realize that they needed to, uh, that the laws in South Florida uh, in 2009 changed for having a power of attorney. So a lot of people didn't realize that. So now we're helping people with information. If you, if you can update documents, if you can keep things in a safe place, if you can alert your doctors to, especially your primary care doctors, to some important wishes that you would want to be known. These are all things that can help make your life easier. In terms of the cost, absolutely, because if you plan now, you can um, evade some of those costs later on by understanding what you want to do. Um, and we did have a lot of people making decisions about cost and care, cost as it relates to care. After this, you know, last wave of, you know, pr home prices going up and, you know, sometimes situations come up and people start to realize, you know what? It's been a rough couple of years and maybe, you know, let's look, let's do the cost comparison to we didn't really want to move till, you know, 2020. But what if we did something, you know, sooner than that? Amy, speaking of costs, because there, there's, there may be somebody watching or listening to this in the course of the life of the podcast. Um, they're going to say, well, this is, sounds unbelievable, but obviously um, AvriCare doesn't do this for free. Correct. And so the, the fees that AvriCare charge, I'm not asking you to go through them. Are they are they covered by any type of insurance or is there a, and, and or is there a sliding scale or just, you know, so people have a sense Understand. of Understand. that? Yeah. So um, many years ago, I went to uh, Washington, D.C. to work with some um, people in Congress on, you know, what ca could care management, could the work that care managers and care co certified and licensed care coordinators do could this be part of the medicare system could we could we as as we all know we prevent you know dollars being spent all the time on unnecessary um, medical procedures and and resources that are not appropriate at that time so we all value that and um, it was looked at highly and considered um, if that could have been in considered an insurance um, allotment. Right now, it didn't make it into the full Medicare system as a, a paid service because there's so much that has to go into uh, the aftermath of taking care, unfortunately, of people in our country. So the prevention, um, as, as much as we all want to prevent right. and save money on prevention, um, it didn't make it in. There were it did it did allow us to have a couple of programs, telephonic programs, put into play for prevention. Um, so the only uh, way right now for uh, people to have this service is it's paid privately. It's paid by some long-term care. Um, many of the long-term care uh, insurance companies um, value having a care a certified care manager on the case. Just for the reasons that I explained, it's a lot of, you know, allocation of dollars at the right time in the, in the care process. It's evading unnecessary spending. So the long-term care companies, um, we can often get a stipend paid for our clients based on the policy that they have. Not all policies are as um, expansive as others, but we evaluate that and help the families we work with look at that. There are some... Um, veterans um benefits um and there are some um some like i said the long-term care the private pay and the veterans benefits are the three main ways to 
have uh, the cost of the care management um, assisted. Um, and there are also ways where we can be um, estimated over the course of a year. Um, clients tell us they that it's considered a uh, health care expenditure so that they can take that off their taxes. And um, so that is pretty much the main the main way that it's paid, though, those three. In in the bill that got killed, the Build Back Better bill, uh -huh. was there something in that bill that would have given some sort of support to the work, to families, to engage people like you? So families can, I, I, in that bill alone, I, I am not sure that there was, but I can tell you that families can, uh, uh, there are programs, community programs. Each community has a different program. There are some community programs where a nurse or a social worker can assist um, in the way, in the lighter way that our company right. assists. They don't have the resources to go out. I mean, we're going out nights, holidays, weekends during a pandemic, you know, during um, the hurricane season. When you're, when, especially with the price of gas, you know, when you are asking professionals to go out and, and I can't, I can't, I will never, um, I will never, um, I will never say that not seeing people in person is, is important because it is so important during the, you know, people that could get on the, the, the zoom, people that could do a phone video. Great. But there are so many people that can't. So, so for us, that is significant. And those programs, there are some government programs, there are some community based programs that will occasionally um, see a person face to face. They will send out a social worker um, if there is a big crisis going on, but it's not as frequent as the work we do because the resources, you know, we're, we're allowing the resources to go to the people that are in the field doing the work. So there are some programs, you just have to seek them out. There are waiting lists um, and there are some um, sliding scale programs that you can find in different communities, um, maybe not as robust as and, and, and available than you would want. But. So again, the message is really due diligence when you walk in. And, and again, it's a reminder, as you were alluding to, don't wait till the last minute. Crisis time is not probably the best time to make a decision. Um, Correct. We've been talking with Amy Siegel, the, the CEO of Advocare Care Management based in South Florida. Lots of unbelievably valuable information, Amy. Thank you very, very much for your oh, time and your commitment and, and, and really your dedication to what you do, because I, 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 I know you care um, very much about your people and your thank people you. who work for you, with you, and, and, and the people you touch. So. Thank you very, very Thank much. Thank you very um, much. And I will talk to any family. We do virtual consultations with families that are not ready to, you know, come on board with their loved ones, but need need coaching themselves. So we are here. We are happy to help families in this process of, of life. So thanks for everything. Website real real fast, Amy, real fast. Somebody wants to get in touch with you. What's the website? www.caremanage.com caremanage.com. Amy Siegel, thank you. Just have a great, sweet, and healthy new year. Be well, take care of yourself, and uh, we'll be in touch. Thank you Hopefully for next time me. I'm down in, down in the, 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 
the golden <laughs> Medina, so to speak. Thank you. Take care. To all of you, again, thank you very, very much for joining us on today's edition of Seekers of Meaning, the podcast and TV arm of Jewish Sacred Aging. Again, if you want to connect with us, rabbi address at jewishsacredaging.com is where to go. And again, if you'd like to support us and continue to, we can continue this work, uh, go to the website, jewishsacredaging.com and go to the uh, donate button, click on it and just follow the, the easy to use prompts. A shout out as usual to Lubetkin Media Companies in Southern New Jersey, uh, who where uh, these are produced and our producer, Steve Lubetkin. Again, I'm your host, Rabbi Richard Address. I look forward to greeting you on our next edition of Seekers of Meaning, the TV show and podcast arm of Jewish Sacred Aging. And until that time, stay safe, everybody. Stay well, stay healthy, be kind to one another. Uh, we need it more than ever. Take care. Thank you. <laughs>